Hi, you're listening to The Advantage Podcast with me, John Kenworthy. Hi there, this is John Kenworthy and welcome to this week's podcast. This week I'm talking all about trust. Uh, Because at the end of last week I was running a workshop for a local organisation and we played one of my favourite games, All About Trust. It's a card game based on the prisoner's dilemma where groups are playing with cards, they're only making one choice or another and they have the opportunity to discuss strategy together. But they get a very limited time to do that and most groups will choose that they're going to work together. They're going to all choose the same choice every time. One group though always betrays trust. I have played this game across the world with thousands of different groups and one group will always betray the trust. You know that trust is a fundamental building block of all and every relationship, whether it's in business, politics, your marriage, your family, or friendships. And trust, yes, it signifies different things to different people, but there is one thing that is very clear. Trust is critical for your success. Once lost, rebuilding trust is one of the most difficult things to do and to accomplish for the very reason that the thought of betrayal can forever haunt the aggrieved. But rebuilding trust is definitely difficult, but it's not impossible. But what helps us trust in the first place? Well, there's a well-known psychological study conducted by Walter Mischel back in the 1960s. It explored delayed gratification in four-year-olds. Individually, children were seated in front of a marshmallow and the researcher notified them that they could eat the marshmallow right then but if they waited for the researcher to return from a brief errand they would receive a second marshmallow. Some kids ate the marshmallow within seconds but others waited up to 20 minutes for the researcher to return. 14 years later, the researchers found out that the children who had delayed gratification were more trustworthy, more dependable, more self-reliant and more confident than the children who had not controlled their impulses. Trust is largely an emotional act and it's based on a prediction of reliance. It's fragile and like an eggshell, one tiny slip can shatter it. Trust pervades every aspect of our everyday lives. It is fundamental in the healthy functioning of all our relationships with others. And it's even tied to wealth. There was an article in Scientific American by Dr. Paul J. Zak, who's a neuroscientist at Claremont Graduate University. And he found out that trust is one of the strongest known predictors of a country's wealth. Nations with low levels were poor. And in line, societies with low levels of trust are poor for the reason that the inhabitants undertake too few of the long-term investments that originate jobs and raise incomes, 
Such investments depend on people trusting others to fulfil their contractual duties over the long term, much like the delayed gratification. In searching out to comprehend what was actually physically happening in the human brain that instilled trust, Zach found that oxytocin, what we know as the love hormone and the neurotransmitter, increases our propensity to trust others in the absence of threatening signals. We are indeed wired to trust each other, but as Dr. Zach points out, our life experiences may retune the oxytocin to a different set point and thus to different levels of trust all through the course of our life. That is, once my trust has been betrayed, I now need more oxytocin before I have that feeling of trust again. When you are brought up in a secure, nurturing and caring background, our brains release more oxytocin when somebody trusts us, resulting in our reciprocating their trust. But by contrast, early experiences of pressure, uncertainty and isolation interfere with the development of a trusting disposition and reduce levels of oxytocin. And in today's climate, it's hardly surprising that study after study shows a decline in trust that individuals have in business and political leaders and in institutions. The Edelman Trust Barometer back in 2009 found that close to two of every three adults surveyed in over 20 countries trusted corporations less than they did the year previously. And a 2004 study by Towers Perrin showed that only 44% of junior workers trusted their employees to tell them the truth, which is an alarming statistic specifically given how much time and effort and concern are expended in crafting beautiful leadership communication for workers. So although we're faced with a disaster in trust and have ample examples of leaders who have eroded their employees, their customers and their shareholders' trusts, I believe that the majority of leaders walk the path of trustworthiness. That is, they want to be trustworthy. They want to exhibit that they trust and to be trusted. But if truth be told, it would be harrowing for an awful lot of leaders if they received feedback that others do not find them trustworthy. But being trustworthy in someone's eyes is based on their perception and can be strongly influenced by the factor of trust in the world around them. Indeed, people do not automatically trust leaders nowadays. Trust is required to be earned by means of diligence, fidelity and applied effort. So if lack of trust is an issue which causes you concern, what can you do to deal with the perceptions of trust? So here's an idea. Monitor your usage of I in your communications. Do an audit of your emails, for example and see how normally you use I in preference to we. Peter Drucker, a famous leadership guru, looked at leaders who worked most successfully and gave him the impression that they never mentioned I. And not because they've educated themselves not to mention I. They don't even think I. They think we. They think team.
Drucker found that leaders who comprehend their job to be part of the team function and accepting their obligations and don't sidestep it, it's the we that gets the credit. This is what builds trust, what permits people to get the activity done. So organisations commonly spend considerable energy and effort in team building initiatives that include workshops, retreats and adventure type experiences. And while all of these have their place, if organisations need to increase contribution and enhance teamwork, they need to get started with trust. It is the benchmark of healthy team relationships. It's a very basic process. It's all about individual pattern. Do individuals behave in a trustworthy manner or not? There is only a pass or fail here. And what are these behaviours? See, we instinctively know them, but from time to time we require to call to mind, to bring to consciousness what they are. So I've got a list of eight things that you can ask yourself. Because the thing is, you can't cause somebody else to be trustworthy. You can only choose to be trustworthy. Yes, people will at some point let you down. They will betray your trust. But that is not an excuse to betray the trust of others. So what can you do to make sure that you remain trustworthy? Ask yourself, do I share information that I know is useful to others? Or do I withhold it? Do I treat everyone with kindness and compassion? Do I try to do well in my dealings with others? Do I follow by means of my my commitments, even though it's considerable personal expense? Do I follow through? Fifthly, do I seize opportunities to encourage others, to catch them doing something good? Sixthly, am I just as glad about others' achievements as I am of my own? Do I celebrate when they are successful, even when I believe it should be my success? Seven, do I consistently strive to deliver superb work? And eighthly, is candid a quality people would readily characterise of me? So do you share information or withhold it? Do you treat everyone with kindness or compassion? Do you try to do well in all your dealings with others? Follow through on all of your commitments, even when it costs you a lot. Seizing every opportunity to encourage others and appreciate them. Are you supportive of others' achievements, celebrating them for them? Do you consistently strive to deliver superb work, even when nobody's watching? And is the word candid a quality people would readily characterise of you? Trust is power. It's the power to inspire and influence. It's the glue that bonds us to each other. 
that strengthens relationships and turns threads of connections into steel cables. Like four-year-olds trusting that there will be a second marshmallow, can your people trust that your word is your bond? Leadership is complicated work, but as George Washington said, I can promise nothing but purity of intentions, and in carrying these into the end result, fidelity and diligence. Seeking success? Well, one thing is for certain. Without trust, you will not succeed. You go and enjoy a fabulous week. Be blessed. You've been listening to the Advantage Podcast with me, John Cameron. To find out more, visit us at selsin.com.